Zany Zany Cuckoo Nuts is the only way I could describe this episode. However, as usual, there are spikes of insight in there that will actually help you. I believe that entirely. This is episode 52 of Psychotherapy with your host, Jet Dunlap. And there's a lot of birds in the background because I'm in my other studio right now. So sorry about that. If you hate birds, you're not going to be able to take this episode. So you bird haters just go right out and pound sand. This episode is about a couple of stories in my life that may resonate with people. It's kind of letting you into my process and where I came to doing what I'm doing and how I evolved to be able to do the show, but moreover, just kind of a backstory on who I am. And again, because I'm a human and you're a human, there may be some ways of relating to that. Other parts of it are just about unplugging from the negative sources in your life and, uh, figuring out what it is you need to do to get to that next step of being the next thing that you want to be. It's a mixture of that. You know, I know that the last two episodes feel like they're a little about that too, but this is a whole new whirlwind of insanity and also insight. And if that hasn't sold it enough, then uh, I don't know what to do. Don't you want to get behind the wheel of this certified used podcast brought to you by Jet? And let's start on that note. This is the show called Psychotherapy. I am the one called Jet Dunlap, and this show is about to start right now. Okay, I don't think I mentioned it yet, but uh, we have been coming to you, and by we I mean me, because there is no we in whatever this show is called, Psychotherapy with Jet Dunlap. There's no we, there's just me and the myriad of other me's that exist inside me head. Oh, me head! A little bit of a jab at the Irish early there. So it's just me, and I know that comes as a big disappointment to everyone who is listening. I should say every one that is listening, which is what I just said, but what I mean by that is every one. Do you get the joke? Because I'm saying there's one person that listens to that. And most of the time, that person... <laughs> is me. Okay. Let me tell you the level of, uh, how would you say in your country? Cooperation? Yeah, that's the word that I get as far as this show. Now you would think that even at its worst, Jet, you would think this, of course, because when you think you refer to yourself as Jet, you would think even if it, even at its worst, and you would stumble on that word on purpose because you're perfect, your wife listens. I mean, we've heard the show, and if there is nothing else we take away, it is that you clearly want us to believe that you have an incredible relationship with your wife, which either A, means you clearly don't, and you're just trying to push an agenda, or you are delusional enough to believe from your side that this is true. But we've talked to her, Jet, and uh, she doesn't agree. So you would think at least this person that I speak so highly of listens to my show, reads my scripts, compliments me daily on my ever-increasingly better physique, and uh, you would also know that I don't need any of that because I'm completely secure. But you would be, unfortunately, wrong. No, you would be wrong. Yes, you would be wrong. Uh, No, you'd be wrong? I'm going into my Spanish again. No, we do. So take a jab at the Irish and then go right into making fun of the Spanish or Latin, 
as my dad used to call them. So Gina, who if you're first listening, if you are first listening to this for the first time, uh, is my wife, currently my first wife. She doesn't really listen. And if I ask her to listen to it, um, I've got about a 42%, and I've actually done the math on that, chance that she will listen to it. The math wasn't right, but I did the math. She doesn't listen to it because of yesterday. We'll just give you an example. It wasn't because of yesterday, but here's an example. I say, hey, Gina, that's her name, my wife. I said, did you listen to the podcast? And uh, you're wondering, why did I go through that whole question? You could have made that shorter, Jet. And why are you going into an explanation, which makes it even longer? And she will say, wait, why am I saying this as if it's a hypothetical? She did say yesterday, okay? She said, Jet, I was all jetted out, right? So if you were in a relationship, <laughs> who is this for, Jet? Who is this for? People who are considering being in a relationship with you? Yes, of course that is who it is for, is that this is a long pitch for people who are considering being in a relationship with me. No, it's not. Yeah. So if you're considering being in a relationship with me, be prepared for this, uh, hypothetically. I talk. This is the 52nd episode of Psychotherapy. And if you're thinking to yourself, how does he do it? How does he sit in front of a microphone and record 52 episodes, which amounts to somewhere around 22, 23 hours of edited recording and still have things to say? I guess the answer to that is simple. Although, if you've listened to this show, you know I study many subjects in the world of human psychology and physics and a bunch of other stuff that I want to make up, there is no subject that is more interesting to me than the human condition. Just kidding, myself. And I think that that used to be, when I was only a lad, a thing that was trying to get myself out of feeling so bad about who I was. So long-time listeners of the show, and there's less than one of you now, so half a person. When I was in high school, when I was in grade school, I always felt bad about myself because my grades were bad, and then I had cystic acne, and I was dyslexic, ADD, blah, blah, blah. You can sing along. You've heard the show before, and oh my God, you're getting more of this, but because of that, when I started to get a little bit out of that funk, I uh, had to create this bravado, you know, act as if. Um, make yourself feel like the thing has already occurred before it occurred. And people go back and forth on how they feel about that. It's one of those things in motivation, personal development, self-development, whatever it is that goes in and out of favor. Act as if can be used as evil in the sense that it's often equated with sales guys, someone who just has ego for miles and just way too much of it. But act as if can also get you out of a terrible depression or out of trauma, right? So you've had some kind of occasion. And I've had these things happen to me. And again, if you're a listener of the show, you know what they are, so I won't go into them. But when I had that severing of my normal consciousness, when I had that break with reality in my mind, um, I had to start acting as if I was getting better. And so sometimes... When I'm starting something new, as I have been doing for the majority of recording the show, I become more self-obsessed than in the past. Now, I already have a tendency for this, and I think that 
it would take a little more than just me analyzing myself to give you the real answer to that. So I won't try and lie. But a lot of that is because I guess it works for the most part. When I start ignoring myself, I kind of think of that as the times where I was drinking or the times where I was just kind of in a spiral that wasn't going anywhere good. And so I do try and check in with myself. Now, not all of that is, hey, you're great looking, you're amazing. Let's hear more of your voice and write down more of your words in my writing. Some of that is what I told you in the last episode, which is tracking and uh, writing a journal and writing my ideas to just see, okay, what's going on with this guy? And one of the reasons for that, I think, is that I have such an extreme personality that it is something that even since I was very young, I've had to keep in check, right? So the first time I ever went to a psychiatrist, therapist, um, was, I want to say like, probably, yeah, beginning of high school. And that came out of my mom... This is great. Oh, man. Uh, Share time. So I had my mom was leaving to go somewhere. She had a blue Dodge caravan that every mom had in the San Fernando Valley at the time. Do you remember that one? Anyway, so she was leaving and I was upset and I hit her window while I was standing outside. We were like playing sports in the in the street as we did all the kids on the block. And I hit her window with my left hand. And this is not just to impress you, but it is. And I shattered her window. And my mom's like, oh, my son might have an anger problem. No, it came to me legitimately. I'm not going to go into my past. But let's just say it wasn't all kumbaya and uh, a bunch of peaceful stuff at school and even sometimes at home. So it came to me honestly. But that's no excuse for breaking my mom's windshield when she left the house for whatever reason. I don't remember. Okay. So she's like... (laughs) I don't remember exactly what she said, but it was something to the effect of, let's make it really nice because that seems funny. She said, and this is a perfect impression of my mother, um, well, honey, I don't know if it's good that you're breaking windshields now. Maybe you have a bit of an anger problem. And I picked up the van by its axles and threw it into the sun. And my mom came back twice as powerful as she had ever been before and smited me. And I am somehow still alive. Anyway, that's not what happened. But she was not pleased with it, but she, I think I've told you before, she's in child development. That's her job. She's the director of the child development center at CSUN. Don't go and find her. She's actually probably wincing at the fact that I mentioned that on the show. Um, and she does listen, which is really weird. I think it's just to gather dirt on me. Picture someone like in a 1980s movie, who's a KGB spy, who's like sitting there in some kind of radar room that the radar is not necessary, but it's just old movie props that they use to show that it was KGB. And she's writing down things to eventually uh, destroy me. So that's why I assume she listens. But anyway, so I broke the window and she thought it wasn't great. Do you hear how many birds are outside right now? Do you hear all those birds? That's because I'm coming from Studio 1B at uh, Chatsworth Island, the cat house. And it's called the cat house because Katrina, Gina's sister, stays here when she's from out of town, when she comes from out of town. Anyway, sorry about all the birds. Back to the story. So she's like, you know, this isn't good that you're breaking windows. Some people may agree with that. I think she was deeply considering the fact that I needed help. Now, I was already going to an educational therapist. So one that was, you know, I guess the same kind of thing, but more in trying to get me to read and write and stuff like that. <laughs> clearly it left, clearly it left a, a lasting impression on me. It was like 10 years of my life. Anyway, then I, I don't know, two weeks later, 
let me check with my uh, my fax checker here. It's actually a fax machine. I want to say like a month later, I then was in my mom's other car, and uh, we were going to her parents' house, which we did often. And I don't remember the circumstances of this, but I was in the passenger seat. And she said something, and I got mad, and I punched the inside. Inside! I punched the inside of the windshield, right? So I punched the inside of the windshield, and spoiler alert, I smashed that window too when we were driving on the 118 freeway. The uh, fighting 118, the best freeway in the world. And so I think that (laughs) uh, at that point, my mom said, you need to go see someone. And I did. And that's when the real healing started, when I was uh, a little younger than 17 years old. And I started seeing Dr. Steve Nelson, which I've talked to you about. And he forever changed my life in the way I process stimuli, the way I look at situations. And he sparked a... I would say already something that was occurring, you know, growing up with religion and stuff like that. I definitely had a interest in something greater than ourself, but he sparked that even more and kind of gave me a word for that and called it the universe and energy. He actually was an ex-priest. He was a priest for 20 years and then he left the priesthood and um, my mom found him through the church. So ex-priest knew a lot about that and, you know, got his doctorate and was a therapist. So anyway, that was when all of this started, and I cannot for the life of me remember why I'm telling you this story. But did you get a lot out of that? Here's the idea. Don't invite me into your car because there's a good chance that I'll break a windshield. Good news, that was probably like 1995 or something like that, and uh, I've never broken another windshield since. Isn't that incredible? All those poor windshields, they get to roam like the great buffalo of old, not having to be afraid of Jet Dunlap anymore. Oh, yes, of course. I didn't pause the show and then go back and listen to myself because I have the attention span of a beagle on crack. Don't worry, I just remembered suddenly what the show was going towards. And one of them was Act As If, and the other one was talking about my wife not liking my show. And I'm sure this will make her like it. So, um... (laughs) Act As If. Why did that have to do with windshield breaking? You know, I say on this show sometimes that I suffer from ADD, but do I have to tell you that? And I am on heavy, well, I don't know about heavy, that's just for dramatic effect, but I am on, let's just put it this way, the drug for ADD that is highly regulated and very powerful. That is how I am right now on it. Can you imagine what my brain is like. And you can't, trust me, you cannot, um, when I'm not on ADD medication. It is a fun house of jacked clowns running around with knives. Why are we talking about this, guys? Why? Because as an example of how my brain works. So Gina sometimes is not a fan of the show. That's the point of the clown story. And Well, I I shouldn't even say that. That's not true. I just actually got off the phone with her. She called me and that kind of interrupted me, blah, blah, blah. So she was all jetted out. Too close to the fire. I worry about talking about this topic because I don't know how many people it relates to, but let's go ahead and talk about it anyway. I, (laughs) I do not just keep the advice machine localized to this show. Now, some of that, as I love to say, because I must have read it somewhere, comes to me honestly. And what I mean by that is that people will call me, people will text me, the people who I let actually get in touch with me. If you have my phone number, you're one of like five people. Um, 
for advice. So it's not, that's what the show came out of, right? So it was actually someone who's very powerful and, uh, you know, has the free hugs project, Ken asking me to come on and talk to him so I could talk to his audience. So it's not unusual. I used to host a show. I have been, most of my life has been based on the words I can tell people. I was in sales, I was in advertising and marketing, and I was a MC, all that stuff. So it's not unusual. But sometimes I am so, I want to say stupid, so I will, stupid, that I desperately try and help my wife with the things she's going through. And as you know, we're very close, and uh, to the extent where I said in the last show, you need a barf bag that says, oh my god, this terrible monster of a man, Jet, is talking about how much he likes his wife again. Um, But we're close. And so when she's sad, I'm sad. We see each other more than most people, especially in a relationship, because she and I live together in a very small house. Uh, Our job has flexible hours. You know, we definitely probably during the gym or something, I'll go running. We don't see each other for a couple hours, but for the most of the conscious day, we, uh, (laughs) so not, not during the times where I'm asleep is what I'm trying to say. So we're exposed to each other a lot. I hate to see her sad. She's not often sad, but she's quiet. And a person like me who can't stop talking thinks that there must be something wrong with someone if they have a couple of moments in their own brain without me interrupting them or bombarding them with a barrage of word bullets. But I try and help her. And she does have some things. I should have her on the show. She has been on the show. Go ahead and look for those episodes. The three-part series where we talked about my mental health quiz. I think it was called The Quiz. Yeah, three episodes that she's on. You can look back in the show on that. I don't like to talk about her in this respect without her on, so I'll try and have her on soon. She is pursuing her career and in acting. And she also you know, works in real estate. But when she has downtime, like myself, weird way to say that, the head weasels come in. The head weasels is something I heard in AA like 15 years ago. And uh, that's probably a lie. That's not a lie. But uh, I heard it somewhere. (laughs) And uh, at least you know you're hearing from a liar. Um, It means like, you know, when your neutral brain just goes into a place and all these thoughts just come racing in, usually insecurities, usually fears, usually all that stuff. She has the same stuff. And she's trying to change her track. Okay, here's what it is. I told her the other day that the person who has gotten her to where she is now cannot be the person who's going to get her to the next level. Now, some of you at home or why do I care where you're listening or in your car or skipping to the zoo on a magic zeppelin. Those people may be thinking, well, Jet, where I am is fine, I want to maintain. Or where I am is not relatable to you, but I can only speak to the hypotheticals. (laughs) Why did I say that? In my own head. But uh, some of you will think this is unrelatable. For the most part, I think you'll understand. The person that got you to where you are is not going to be the person who radically changes who you are in the future if the future is something you've wanted for a very long time. Put another way. And this has been the theme of the show, if there has ever been one, is that for things that change, you have to change. And I, I even put that more dramatically now. The person that I am right now, as you heard in the last couple of podcasts, is a guy who writes every single day feverishly. I am a stand-up comedian. I have built a habit of going to the gym, which I never liked doing. I used to just run. I am organized. I am all these things that are almost alarming for me to hear as I say them. I wrote nine pages in my script yesterday. I'm going to beat my script deadline, right? 
that is not who I used to be. So the person I am now is a person I created to be the guy who could do the things that the person who I was before couldn't. Okay? So it's a different mechanism. It's a different it's a different personality. I don't know what you want to call it, but the guy who I am now is radically different than the guy I was a year ago. It's even different from the guy I was six months ago, and it's different from the guy who was two months ago. I had to create something to get out of where I was before. Now, this may come easier to me because when I had traumatic instances when I was a kid and then had very traumatic instances in my 20s and 30s, the person that that happened to was so devastated and there was so much like clinical trauma, we're talking about real things, but bad stuff, that I had to act as if I had to create a guy to get out of there. And I've gotten so used to this that I can retool my personality when I'm sober, when I'm in the right place. I'm not going to pretend that if I am under some kind of substance or if I'm just in a really bad funk, it doesn't happen as easily. But when I am of sound mind and I'm in a good place, I can create that new entity that would do the things I want it to. You know, like Tyler Durden in Fight Club, which is great. You should see that movie if you haven't. I can't believe people haven't. It just uh, had its 20th anniversary recently. Remember, Edward Norton, the actor, created... Well, I just ruined it for you. Damn it. He created Brad Pitt. So he was the same guy. And I think I've told you before, uh, Sixth Sense, I'm going to ruin that for you too. It's Bruce Willis the whole time. He's dead. Um, But anyway, it's about the dual personality of man and blah, blah, blah. So he creates this person, this personality that can do, be, and exist as the person he's always dreamed, right? So if you could snap your fingers, okay, and you could be the lady, the guy, whatever you want to be, and you could be that instantly, what does that person look like? Let's actually do that exercise. So if you could snap your fingers in a magic genie, if that's not racist, I don't know if it is, a magic whatever is appropriate now. A magic grasshopper, for instance. Jiminy Cricket. He's a cricket, you idiot. It's right there in his name. A cricket that's magic. Ooh, is that Disney's property? A magic... I don't know. Let's say a magic butterfly. Does anyone own that? Does that offend anyone? So a magic butterfly snaps its fingers. Oh my god, I I lost you. They don't have fingers. And you are able to be that person. You instantly are the person you've dreamed of being. And this personality is probably put together by being the counter to all your insecurities. But I would even say that if you're in Western society, it's probably based on someone you've seen on TV or read in a book. I mean, come on, it's not a book. Or someone you saw on Facebook or Instagram whose life you believe is actually the pictures that they have. But you're instantly that person that you've created in your head is unstoppable and all the things you want to be. So... Now start to picture exactly what that person's day is like. On episode 50, I talked about the routine when you wake up on the same side of the bed. I'm not going to go through it again because it was really long then, but you have this routine. This person acts differently. They wake up differently. From the moment their eyes open, they're a different person. They probably live in a different place. They're probably with your dream partner in your dream house, all these things. But that's just the stuff. We're talking about the personality. This is a part of hypnotherapy that I went through for a long time. Did I mention that? I used to be in hypnotherapy, um, which was amazing. So I've been in all kinds of therapy. But uh, (laughs) not to brag, (laughs) that should be on my resume. But what does this person look like? How do they act? How do they dress? You know, what is it about them that is so superior to who you see yourself as now, physically, mentally, emotionally, courage-wise? 
And if you didn't have that magic butterfly grasshopper slash cricket, how would you create that person? And you're thinking to yourself, I can't even imagine that, Jet. Well, what if you could? Okay, this is an actual exercise I do with people. What if you pretended that you weren't not able to, and you actually could create this person? Really visualize what that day looks like. Then what that week looks like. Then what, this is going to be threes again, isn't it? No, I'm going to go four. Then what that year looks like. And then what five years from now looks like. I just broke that record. Because once you start to picture that, a lot of the stuff that this person, maybe even write it down if you have the you know, patience to do that. I would at this point in my life, but I wouldn't have 10 years ago. So I can understand if you didn't. Picture this person. Really, really, really go into who they are, how they exist. And then slowly just start saying, okay, how would this person react? Give him a name. You know, I did. I called him Jet. This old guy, Jeremy, made up this guy, Jet. And uh, (laughs) it's actually a big reveal. And started acting like the guy he wanted to be. Now, I didn't come up with the name Jet. That was, I shouldn't give myself credit for that. That was my mom or my Uncle John. No one really knows. And it was when I was very, very young. But uh, when I decided that the personality that existed prior to Jet wasn't working anymore and wasn't, when I saw that his lifestyle, he was getting picked on, he was kind of a dope, he uh, didn't know who he was fashion-wise, he didn't know what he was going to be in life. He, he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to be in film and television, but he was kind of a dork and he really didn't, here's what it is. He really didn't like the way the world was treating him. So like a phoenix from the fire, he created this person. But I have done this and I've done it multiple times. I haven't changed my name again, but um, I have definitely pictured the way out. Okay. And sometimes it's far less dramatic. Again, remember, I've told you, I am you turned up to 10 on the volume. So if you're thinking this doesn't relate, think of it in a small way. So there's a couple of personality traits that maybe you'd want to change, but everything else you're happy with. You're a freak and you just happen to be thrilled with who you are. What are those little tweaks you'd do? For some people, it's just like, oh, okay, I've been being lazy. For me, that was a a lot of what it was. And so you need to start saying, well, what if I wasn't lazy? What's that person look like? And this seems like such a, uh, I mean, especially people who study this subject, like such an obvious thing. And maybe for you, it doesn't. But creating this personality that is able to do the things you can't is a really great step in changing those things that you have been trying to do forever. And some of this show, and what I mean by that is all of it feels unbelievably redundant. But there's a reason for that. My therapy was redundant (laughs) for 15 years. And the reason was that every time, I can't repeat all the same words, you know, my words are like a snowflake. There are no two alike. And that's not true, but my show is. And (laughs) my show is like a snowflake. What I'm saying is, is that to pierce through the egoic layers of the human psyche Some of this stuff needs to be repetitive. And what I learned through therapy is there's very little new under the sun. A lot of this stuff is going to be similar because we're all similar, right? I've talked about this before. The world today has a higher tension than I can ever remember it. Most people agree with that. People are even older than me. And so we are taught And one of the first things I recommend is getting rid of all news. Like I said, I don't have Apple news. I don't have any kind of news. I don't get any news. I cut the cord 12 years ago on TV. I get no news. Remove that 
because this tension of the country is tough, right? And for you to change, you must change. And maybe one of the first things you need to change is all this negative stimuli that's just bombarding you before you even had your first cup of coffee. And so a part of changing who you are is saying, this person that I want to become or this slight alteration I want to make in who I am starts with filtering what I am exposed to. And that can be profound. That can be something just by itself that if you take nothing else away from this episode will really affect your life in a big way. And then you'll find that once you start to make those small improvements, they mount. If you're not concerned by what the president said, and I'm not getting political here, you're not concerned about that horrible, tragic thing that happens somewhere every single day, or that massive disease that's going to kill us all. I mean, this is, guys, I talked about this in the last one, but all of these things are just so you'll buy their stupid products. And with that, let me talk about my sponsor, Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses, I assume they're made by that friendly ghost that makes mattresses. That was a fake ad. But ignore that. Since I was a kid, my parents have always muted their commercials. So I didn't go into severe debt. And I never had all that stuff looming over my head because I didn't plug into that machine that's just trying to get you to buy stuff. The reason I say that is these stressors in your life are creating more stressors. So you see this horrible news article about something tragic, but then there's an ad for shoes or a vacation or a car and you buy it because get it, they're creating the stress and then the ad is giving you the solution. And now on the internet, those are targeted psychologically. So they're saying, I'm going to create this ad off of this news article, which is I'm using quotes because it's fake. (laughs) I don't mean fake news, but I mean, it's a theoretical one. What if this disease happened? What if this nuclear event happened, right? And then they're giving you the pharmaceutical thing or whatever it is. So they're trying to take your money by spiking your fear. This is all a chemical trick that they're playing on you. Unplug that. The person you want to become doesn't subscribe to that anymore. Okay? So try that little thing. See what it's like. And then maybe start to think of who you would become if you could become that other person. I'm out of those good old-fashioned American words and... uh, this has been Psychotherapy by that guy the villagers called Jet Dunlap. Thank you so much for listening, and I apologize for nothing. I will talk to you next time. May your week be filled with love and gloves. Bye. Bye.